Then <laughs> 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 you look like a real asshole. Can I tell you something? She was in highlights in the 80s. I like that you think you're a good guy. He's a comedian. You can say it that way if you want to be wrong. Sounds like you're addicted to a drug. Start doing ASMR instead of uh, instead of talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, instead of all of our comedy endeavors. <laughs> this is much more rewarding already. <laughs> so, what do you want to do, Max? Do you want to keep doing the show on Thursday with Sonal? Um, sort of. We haven't even booked like April. Are we even doing a show in two, <clears throat> two three weeks? I mean, I, I feel like at bare minimum we'll probably take a hiatus for a month. I would assume so, but like, right? We, we haven't even told talked to Jamie about this. I don't think he'll be super upset. <laughs> I don't think he'd be like, "Where is Comedy Butcher? <laughs> Where is it? I wanted it." In the beginning, I think Ed was helping to pack it along with Mitch, and then I think Ed just, I mean, why does he care? I wonder if we just asked him, like, hey, could you bring people? It wasn't about bringing people. He used to just, like, tell the neighborhood because he's, he's, like, one of those neighborhood icons. Yeah, he's, like. And now I think he just isn't because Will's talked to him about it. Yeah. And I've sent him emails, like, here's our email. Can you send it out? Right. And, like, if you bug him, he'll do it. But before, he's like, yeah, I'll pack this place. When, when we were talking about starting the show here originally, I'm like, I don't know how we're going to get people. He's like, I got you. Don't worry about it. Like, we're not going to let this show be bad. Like, I'll go grab people from Maria's if we have to. We will get people at this show. Yeah, but he's kind of of that ilk. Yeah, and he's he's very flaky. Is he? In terms of, like, shit like that, where, I mean, I the big stuff, I'm sure he doesn't flake out on, but, like, why would he give a shit about a comedy show? Yeah. Well. So, I don't know, I don't know man. Yeah. You know. I don't like the idea of just, like, us continuing to do it when our attitude is, I don't know. I don't know why we're doing it. Well, it's been like that for a while. Over a year. <laughs> yeah, but there were moments where it felt like, oh, this is trending in the right direction. Now, I, I don't know. I don't I don't think it's trending in... It, but, I mean, the last one didn't happen, so it's clearly not trending in the right way. That's a bad trend. The trend of it not occurring? Well, a trend is... One is not a trend. Yeah. I don't like how comfortable you are being that far away from the mic. It's because mine is very... Um, well, it's because mine was hot. Now it's becoming less hot. Am I still on? Yeah, you're still. I can still hear you. I. You can. Yeah. Okay, because it's difficult to tell whether you hear yourself because you also hear it bodily. <laughs> the word bodily is so weird. Yeah. Did we? We just became much quieter. Speak for yourself, Max. I've always been this quiet. <laughs> Oh, um, Will's gesturing. Will's, Will's adjusting everything. <laughs> it's fine. I, I think, think he's just fucking with you. Yeah. Um, there's much less buzzing in my ears. Sorry. Before it was like I heard a, a gust. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, because you were far away from the mic, which means you had to turn up the levels to get you appropriately. Well, I, I backed away from the mic because I was so hot. <sighs> Story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> You're a great comedian. <laughs> Uh, I'm going camping next week. Are you? Yeah. Where? I don't know. With who? 
Sean Duck. So just the two of you? No, Pat's coming. So the three of you? Yeah. For oh, like in 10 days? Five days. This weekend? Monday through Friday. Okay. Oh, so you're going for a week? Yeah. Okay. So Four nights. Okay. Where, you have no idea where you're going? I have a little bit of an idea. Okay. South. South. Staying in Illinois? I don't know. <laughs> Is it going to be warm? I don't think so. So why did you why did you sign up? Um, Do you like camping? I never done it. Okay, so this is your first experience. Yeah, and you're not doing drugs. No. <sighs> That's and okay. D- Duck is also sober. Okay, so Patty might be on his own there. I'm sober now. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, he was here last week when you had your <laughs> breakdown after Oriole. Yeah. That's the all. That's continuing. I've st- I've been I've I've devoted at least an hour a day to thinking about Oriole. <laughs> about I'm not how, even kidding. How you screwed it up? Yeah, I'm very I'm very upset. <laughs> we can go back and make amends. I, 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 we were talking about a little bit on the way here. Mm-hmm. I've, I've built a resolve. I'm fucking going back. I don't care if they look at me weird. I'm putting that food in my mouth. You should tell them that as you're eating it. Like, I don't care what you think of me. I'm putting well, you know, it in my mouth. Here's, you know what? The thought I had, it's not like they're going to say no. No, they're not going to turn on your money. Yeah, they're not going to turn on the money. And they're not even going to treat me different. Like, they're so professional there. Mm-hmm. But I know they're going to think about it. They're going to think about it. And yeah. they might talk about it be like, that's the fucking guy that threw up. <laughs> I fucking weirdo. And I also had the thought today, <laughs> I was thinking about it earlier today, where it's like, I look sickly. So if I go to a place and be sick, it's on them. Yeah, it's kind of like when it's kind of like when Bernie Madoff. You're so fucking like, weird. <laughs> it's like when Bernie Madoff fucked all those like stole money from all those people. It's like they should have known better. No, it's like come on, dude, you don't do this to the Jews. That was your thought. Yeah. How does the that Jews relate? Jews don't to you? need a fucking. How does, Jewish stereotype. How does that relate to you ruining a restaurant experience? Because, because I'm a sick-looking guy. I don't want to be sick. And Bernie Madoff is a Jew. Don't be a fucking Jew. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? Like, if I want to be a sick-looking guy and show up and be, like, the picture of healthy activity. I think I'm just going to pause for a second and make a post about you being anti-Semitic in the scene and try to get you banned. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that, all that stuff. I mean, it's so fucking tiring. Yeah. Were you talking about the Lisa Peters and Bobby Buds thing? Yeah, the, the hot gas. Yeah. yeah. We'll tell Will. But basically, there's this... A, Will's a the only one listening, so that's who we're gonna talk. <laughs> well, we can't talk about stuff that we know without explaining, it, so we can just explain yeah, it to Will. Of course, I know, As but he like this fucking organic. I agree, but cup. <laughs> he looks coy. <laughs> I agree, but Will's the only one we know is actually listening to our conversations for sure. For yeah, sure, yeah. Um, but this this comic who makes a lot of ironically anti-Semitic <laughs> things has just gotten called out by a really shitty comic that we didn't even really know still did stand up. Uh, and, and she's like, you know, if people say it's ironically anti-Semitic, but if you're iron if you're anti-Semitic for more than three years, it's not ironic anymore. It's like, why? Why can't you just be ironic for a period of time? Yeah, Colbert did it for many. Yeah, many yeah. It's not like it's not like after year two and a half, Colbert just became a Republican pundit. Yeah, like, he was joking the whole time, and we had, we went with it. I feel bad mostly because like I'm. I haven't talked to Lisa in a while, but we were buds. Yeah, you were. You were. Yeah, buds. I ran. I ran a mic with her. <clears throat> that was weird. Why? Because you're better than her. What? Oh, <laughs> well, Will's laughing, and that makes me feel good. But <laughs> are you saying better comedically or better person? 
comedically. Okay, but why is that? I'm I don't know. It was just something weird. It felt like like I was at. I ran um, the show with Mitch. Yeah. Well, I ran that show with Shira, uh-huh. and um, Terrence told me that uh, he was talking to Nate Burrows as we were on stage together, and Nate, and we were doing like weird shit, and Nate was like, "Why the fuck?" I told Friedman you that. doing this. Oh, you told me this. Yeah. I thought it was Terrence. No, it was me. Because uh, <clears throat> Terrence was on stage. Oh right, right. This was during the pageant. I part forgot you were the there. Show. Oh, you were booked on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great show. <laughs> that sucked. That was terrible. <laughs> Purim show. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought a show based around Purim would fail? <laughs> I remember I was at, I think I was at Laugh Factory. It was that Monday I was at Laugh Factory, and the Purim show was on a Wednesday. Uh-huh. And McMahon and I were on the same Laugh Factory show, and he was going to be on the Purim show. And I'm like, dude, I'm really sorry if this thing's going to suck. Like, don't worry about it. It's like, I'm, I just, I don't want everyone to have a bad time. He's like, don't worry about it. Everyone does shitty things. And then he just he didn't, didn't show, show up. up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just talked him out of coming. He just no called, no showed. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a slap in the face. Kinda. He doesn't think much of you. Probably not. I don't think he gives a shit about anyone. I mean, I don't think he dislikes me. No, of course not. I don't think so. It's probably just like there's another guy. But was it weird running a show with her because you were better than her? Like it didn't feel weird to me running a mic with Lisa. It didn't feel weird until we were on stage. And then it was like I don't know. Felt felt like, I was well, like I mean, slumming it a I little. mean a mic is different than a show, like who gives a shit? Yeah. But like I ran that mic with Noah Gutierrez. Yeah. But it was That's his rough. it was his mic, but he's like, Do you want to host it? And I'm like, Well, I'm not gonna turn down the stage time. Yeah. So yeah, and people people shat on Noah and people shat on that room for a long time. They're like, I'm not gonna fucking go to that room where that who, who the fuck is this guy? He's not even doing stand up. He, he's wearing a shark hat. This guy's an idiot. And I'm like, Well, he's the only one who's gonna fucking give me time, so why would I not do it? And then the mic was awful for a long, long time because no one would come. Hmm. And then Lisa jumped on, and she was, like, very seeny at the time, and then people started coming. Yeah. Like, that. she's the reason the mic got good for, like, six to nine months before it got canceled. It wasn't you. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so weird. Lisa was, like, sort of like a... She was a thing for... Not really a thing, but, like, cool for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she was, she was hmm. kind of in with, like, Blake's squad. Yeah, uh, she was buddies, good buddies with like Dave Marr, and then she was dating Zach, obviously for a long time. Yeah, uh, but that was that was sort of after she started to fade. She was dating Zach for a while. Really? Yeah, they just weren't telling anyone. Oh. So like that kind of that was always weird for Zach. Yeah, so that kind of boosted the mic because like Zach started showing up and like other people, like he could help make other people come. Yeah, that mic was great. There was a time where that mic was really good. It was like one of my favorite mics. And then, I used to feel like that was the mic where I felt like comfortable at. And then, like you, were, I was really new then. But you were only there when she was co-hosting with me. Yeah. Like you never saw it before that. No. It was like dying for a while. Like the week before she came on, nine people were on the mic, were on the list. Yeah. And it was like that was pretty typical. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm continuing to do this. And then she just asked me to do it. Like she's like, do you want me to help with you? I'm like, yeah. And then the next week we're up to like thirty. Yeah. Mics are more popular now than they ever have been. What do you mean? Just more people are going to them. You mean new people or just... I just mean the lists are longer than they ever have been. So does that mean more people are trying comedy? It must. Because it's not like it's like flooded with people like at my level. Is every mic like that? I would and not every mic, but way more. And like a lot of the, a lot of the mics that were sort of... Dwindling? Dwindling are coming back. Like what? Shubas. 
Yeah. Shubas is now huge. Yeah. Lotties is getting starting to get more people. Well, Shubas is part of the thing where those guys are two of the most senior guys who run a mic now, which is weird to think about. Yeah, but I mean, it's, yeah. I don't know. But like, but like that, that's like if the scene was going to go to a mic on a Monday, it's going to be Shubas. Right. Or Logan, if, just because you live over there. But like, you're not going to. You're not gonna go to a five star lounge. Yeah. You're not gonna I mean you might go to trigger warning, but like who wants to do that? Right, right. But so like Shubas is the Monday mic again. Yeah. Is Lottie's packed again? Is Lottie's packed. Um I don't know. I never go to Lottie's. Yeah, I haven't been there forever. Uh I don't fucking know. It just it struck there's me. There's just there's just the tone that like things are packed now. Yeah. I mean Logan was pretty packed when yeah. I when so I went like there. That's packed. Yeah. So it gets packed. Um, you know, Irish eyes gets packed. Does it? Yeah. That's interesting. Well, I guess because I was just thinking like, oh, well, summer and fall, that's when mics get packed, but it's not. It's it's like the end of winter. Usually co- summer is when like college kids who are trying it and then fall is when guys like me were like, I'm going to do something new with my life before the new year starts. I think it's like fall. Like a lot of people, like like I started in the fall. That's when like Blake started. That's when Bobby started. That's when Mitch started. A ton of guys started. That's when I started in like September, October. Yeah, I started. Yeah. I my theory. Well, my my class were all like my guys, like Lowry, Terrence, and Noah. We mm-hmm. were all college people. So I think w- with us, our consensus was that people tend to swarm in the beginning, like basically like at the beginning of like a first semester because. Were our our college apartments, the lease was up, so we would tend to move here at around that time, because mm-hmm. our 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 Got it. you know, and for us that was definitely true. I don't know if it still is. Maybe that was just like a a fluke. Sure, but t- lots of people do stand up after college. I don't know. Fuck it's so fucking lame. I can't. I, it's I can't believe how much when you start it feels like. It doesn't just feel like your crew is like special, although it does feel that way, but mm-hmm. it feels like this is the concrete setup of stand up. These are the people, these are the only people doing stand up. And then you just see so many I've seen I think I counted I've seen like four I like identifiable waves of new classes. Mm-hmm. And I was just like this happens every fucking year. Yeah, I mean don't, it's like school. Don't you remember when you were in school you thought, "All right, we're not these kids behind us, they're fucking tiny, small, weird kids. Yeah. We're we're the normal ones. <laughs> Everyone fucking thinks that. Yeah. And that's just that's just a natural that's part of like an in group thing and it's also uh, I think just self importance. It's a little bit more surprising in stand up though. Because you really you're not anticipating what it's gonna be like. No, well, because you think like I signed up for this thing, I'm making this choice with my life. Yeah. But it's people just keep fucking doing it. Just a new class. There's like a new group of people that are like, that think what's above them is stupid. I don't think they think what's above them is stupid. I think they think it's like frightening and important. And then you realize that then you become the people that are above you, and you're just like, oh, it's all nonsense. It's all bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. It's just uh, it's just utter. No, no one cares about anything. I saw today that uh, Calvin Evans got his first write up in the Tribune, and he's headlining Zanies. Yeah, and it just felt like I mean I don't know how long Kelvin's been around. Yeah, but he's one of those guys like he's been around for certainly longer than me, mm-hmm. and he's been very surprisingly under the radar, at least from the scene's perspective. I mean, he's like in terms been a of club guy. Yeah, in terms of clubs, like he's done really really well, but the scene just doesn't really know who he is because he doesn't give a shit about it. 
Although he does scene shows. He'll do, not... he'll do anything you ask. He did Comedy Butcher. <clears throat> like, yeah. I only he did, did one. great on it. He's great. Yeah, he's a great comedian. He's so funny. He's he's hot, too. <laughs> he's on that Sexy list. Sexy man. He's on that list of, like, the top Chicago comics, but no one ever thinks of him because he doesn't do the, he doesn't try to be, like, in the crowd. Well, t- top Chicago comic is a lot more fluid <laughs> than it one would think. What do you mean? Like the, the, there are, if you sit down and think about it, you'll sort of come up with these people that don't. There'll be a group of people that immediately come to mind who mm-hmm. are like sort of the ones surrounding like guys like McMahon mm-hmm. or CYSK, like guys that are that the open micers know about that are clear. Those are the first ones that'll come to your mind. But then there's these other ones that are like also there. Yeah. That it's like, oh yeah, that guy's like, like Kevin Bozeman is based out of Chicago. He's funnier than everyone. Have you ever seen him? I don't know. I don't think exactly. There's tons of people, or like Ronnie Ray, just like tons of yeah. Ronnie's a guy who just exists on like on his own thing. Kevin Bozeman is like a nationally touring headliner who happens to be based out of Chicago. He's insanely funny. He's been on TV. He's like a Pat McGann type. Mm Before and before Dwayne like was splitting time between New York, would you just call him a Chicago comic? Dwayne feels like I don't know what you call Dwayne, but like I I used to have that conversation with Tony where he'd be like, "Dwayne's the best Chicago comic." I'm like, "Okay, technically, yeah, but I don't. He's not in that category." Yeah, I forget who I was talking, or maybe it was you actually. I was on B Gay's podcast. We had to like list our favorite Chicago yeah. comics. Yeah. I said that was probably you. Where I'm like, it doesn't feel like it counts. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. That's like saying if you know Bill Burr lived here. Well, Bill is the best Chicago comedian. Well, like, it's not the fucking. But same. if he lived here, you could, you yeah. know, you could probably make a strong case for saying. Of that. course, but it, that imply the the whole idea of like who's the best Chicago comic or the best it's comic like in local. Chicago, implies like who's someone that is figuring out how to do stand up. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <clears throat> that's fair. <laughs> I don't know. So, see. The whole idea, you think it's fluid of who's the best in the city because it doesn't. I don't understand what you mean. It's 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 fluid in that there's a lot of people that are at the level you're talking to, and there's ones that don't that are sort of like, yeah, there's them mm-hmm. too. And Calvin is sort of in that category of like, yeah. he's the, I I I don't mean this with any disrespect. He's the guy you, you forget about him until you remember him. Yeah, they're like, oh shit, that guy's great. Yeah. I mean, you. Meaning specifically one who is currently grinding mics, you know. Yeah. Or or just is not doing, grinding just mics do like, like bar shows. Yeah, yeah. like pe- people that are in our like sphere. Mm-hmm. Calvin's not the first one to come to mind. No, because you never see him. Yeah, but he he was a guy that would like always do this week's show because this week's show is always really in. Um, They always felt like connected to the clubs more than other indie shows. Well, I mean, both our Curry and Sheen were in at the clubs. Yeah, and like I'm sure they did a shitload of stuff with Calvin. So sick of stand up. So, yeah, I'm just <laughs> I'm so sick of it. Well, this isn't new for either of us. We go through this all the time. Yeah, I just I'm getting a lot more comfortable. I was, everyone it? everyone at like both of the shows I was at yesterday, I was just telling telling them like I fucking hate this. And I had I had one of the shows I had a really good set and the other show I had like a good set. Both mm-hmm. of them were ones that like audience members were coming up to me after. Sure. Um 
And they're both like desirable shows to do. Um, and I just didn't give a fuck. If you could do anything with your day or your week, what would you do? I mean, the only show that I would, I would like to do, I've never done a, uh, like a really good weekend spot at Laugh Factory. I'd like to try that. And I would, I would love to do CYSK. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I don't think I would get excited for any stand-up. So then what's the takeaway there? Is like to grind harder to get the better ones? Or if you can't do the better ones that are only going to come across a handful of times a year, it's not <coughs> worth doing at all. Because when I, we've had this conversation before, and what's I was talking to you on the way down, you're like, well, I do stand-up because I feel trapped in it, which I feel very similar to, where it's like I've been doing it for five and a half years. What the fuck else am I going to do at this point? Well, I'll just – I'll get tired of stand-up, or I'll get into a fight with somebody, or just something like that will happen, uh, or I'll get depressed. Anything could happen, and then I'll be like, I'm not going to go out this week. And that will be okay for one day, and then I'll do it for four more days and be like, I don't know what I'm going to do if I don't go out and like do stand-up and see all the people I know. Sure. Because everyone I know in Chicago, there's like a few girls I've dated that I don't really want to see, and mm-hmm. then there's comedians. So, I mean, if you were free of that, what would you do with your time? I don't know. I mean, are you saying I could do anything? Yeah. i fucking go to restaurants, bro. Is that enough to build a life around? No. What I mean, you do? well, I mean, like, what would you put your realistically? T- it's not, but it at the same time, it is like, like, it, it would be amazing to be like Phil Vitell or something. So, like, if I get if you had a billion dollars, you would just travel the world and go to restaurants. Yeah. You wouldn't do anything else. I mean, that's what I'm feeling right now. But you wouldn't do anything else. You wouldn't put your time into like being good at something. I mean, because that's, like, always the cliche question of, like, all right, if money was no object, what would you do? And I don't know if I would do stand-up. I don't. I, I mean, can't, I'm certainly I, not doing stand-up for money. No, but you're doing it as a pursuit of some kind. Yeah. But if you had every need taken care of, would you still care about pursuing something like this? I don't think so. I think the main issue is, like, you need a way to have, a, like, social circle. You need like a yeah. community, and stand up does provide that. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's perfect. And I don't think it's like biologically exactly what people need, but it's much better than what most adults have, which is very little or nothing. Yeah, m- most people above twenty five have like almost no. You have the people you work with and your family, if you have a family. Yeah, and yeah. in stand up, you can just stick around and have all these people, and it's it is sort of great. I, I every time is it great or is it tragic? It's not tragic. It is a it's a luxury that most people well, don't have. What about the people community is not tragic. What about the people who just stay in it way too long? Who why are you still here? It's because they would they wouldn't have anyone if they left. But isn't that tragic? Yes and no. What's the no? The no is they get to have all these people around them. That is not tragic. The yes is if it's the degree to which you're laboring under delusion or you're not cognizant of that. Like you're not aware that this is never going to happen. Right. That's the tragedy. Yeah, and you just maintain – like Vagnetti is someone who's like – um, who's like, I should be booked. I'm funny. 
Like, I, I think Dave's funnier than people give him credit for. Of course he is, and he does he does fine on shows. But it's like I don't think there is anyone. Maybe the only person is Dave himself, and I don't even I doubt that he would have that. But I don't think there's anyone who's like Dave is someone that will one day be a working comic. Sure. Um, I was thinking more along the lines of like Sheehan, Mike Sheehan. Yeah, he's been around too long. I mean, he's forty something, and like, what is this? I don't fucking get him. I never have. I like him. I mean, he, he talks a lot, but he's... I, I enjoy really, spending time with he's him. He's a really nice guy. Yeah, I and I just like his vibe. He's a fun hang, but... Sure. Man, this show's getting he, real gossipy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've never seen him do well. I've seen it. But just <laughs> fucking with, have But it. just with comics. I've seen him do bad with comics a lot. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't get it. The craziest thing to me about Mike Sheen is, like, I've heard from so many people... Uh, I was talking to David Rader about this last night. Heard from so many people about how he was like once the king, the king. Yeah, and I don't fucking get it. And like, and at first I thought maybe he's just not doing the jokes he used to do. And then like, you know, he's still doing them. He's still doing them. Yeah. Like I had well, the last time I saw I saw him at CYSK at one point, and I was mm-hmm. hanging out with him in the back. Was he doing it, or was he just hanging out? He was doing it. And but we were because he was on the show and we're buds. We were yeah. just like hanging out, and um, he was kind of being like, I don't know, maybe this crowd just needs riffing. I think they just need riffing or something. And then Marty DeRosa, like when he was hosting, and he was like calling out jokes for, for Mike Sheen. to do. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's like, these are some of my favorite jokes ever. You got to do this joke. And then he did them. And was like, I know that fucking joke. He does that. At, he does that at open mics. Yeah. He did that at Irish Eyes two weeks ago. That's your favorite joke from ten years ago. How to do. Not it did fine. It was a really hot show, but it did fine. It was definitely the best I've ever seen him do. And it was like, I could have done better than that. Like, sure. oh man. Or he has me open for. He does. We haven't been doing it in a while. There's a few people like that that like. I feel like they they took me under their wing, and then when I stopped booking them for Colleen, they stopped. They they vacated me from their wing. Was it someone like they were asking you for Colleen spots? Yeah. And you the, would, the two people, the two people are Mike and Keith. They asked you for Colleen spots, and you said no, or you just didn't respond. I said I didn't say no, and I didn't not respond, but I was kind of just like, like, yeah, I'll, I'll bring. I'll, up, I'll, I'll, I, I, I bullshitted them. I was like, I was like, I'll bring you up at the meeting, but I got to be honest with you, we booked. I mean, I was half bullshit and half like trying to be nice. Trying to be nice. I wasn't gonna say no. I wasn't gonna say like, listen, dude. I wasn't gonna tell him the truth. Which is you don't what they're not good enough to do your show. They're not. I don't think either of them would do well on the show. It's not an easy show to do well on. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. That yeah, people are get upset about Colleen. It's like, don't you know how bad this is? People get upset about every show. I guess yeah, it's terrible to run a show. Like I'm still trying to not be upset that I didn't do CYSK three years ago. <sighs> still trying to be upset not to be upset about it. Yeah, that one haunts people. Well, it's, like, it's funny because once like, you've done it, you don't. It's, it's care. not a thing. It doesn't it's, matter. It, it doesn't matter at all. Like I would, of course, I'd like to do it again, but like it's like Chuck doesn't matter to me the way it did. I, I yeah, I did. Cause I, 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 I was booked for Chuck in January, and um, it got he canceled. got canceled, and mm-hmm. I was like, I can't believe how little I care. I can't believe it's like I, I don't. I don't feel glad mm-hmm. it was canceled, but I don't feel at all bad. I was just like, 
oh, I guess I'll just do it two months from now. Yeah. <laughs> it's more about the respect of getting it. At least for me. That's the whole thing. Yeah. And I don't know if that's... A, I don't think that's sustainable. No, I don't think so either. And I, I, even if it is... Even if you can sustain it, it's... Um, why would you... Why would you want that? Like I was I was watching this. Uh, there was like a BB. It was kind of like a like BBC's version of the Frontline, and they're doing one on just the concept of Michelin stars for restaurants. And they were, one of the things they profiled was there's this chef who got he when he was 15 years old he had a really great meal and then he decided like I want to be a chef. I, not only do I want to be a chef, but I want to get be a chef who gets three Michelin stars. Mm-hmm. And then he did it, and he maintained it for like 13 years. And then, but then one of the other rating systems, like he dropped a peg in that, mm-hmm. and there was rumors he was going to be dropped to two Michelin stars. And then he killed himself. Oh, I totally relate to that. Guy. <laughs> That's where I thought you were going. I'm like, I was going to joke, and he killed himself. I'm like, no, he actually did. No, he he did kill himself. It was definitely for that reason. It was in his suicide note, um, because and he didn't even lose his. Michelin star. It was just rumored he might. It was rumored he might. <laughs> I complete, so he I ended com- his life. That might be the most relatable story I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> you know what was really fucked up is they were um the part that I related to most about it was um they're interviewing his wife. They still run the restaurant and it's it still has three stars. Well now they can take it away. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> He found a loophole. There was lots of weird <laughs> tragedies involved in this story. Like it took a lot of strange turns. But they were interviewing his wife, who's the manager at the restaurant, uh-huh. and she's very sad. <laughs> of uh, course, she's sad. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be weird if she's like, "I'm glad we still have our third star." <laughs> uh, it's in a way, it's a bummer they didn't lose a star. Well, because the chef is gone. Yeah, isn't the star attached to the chef? It's attached to the food. Yeah, but so the food hadn't changed. I don't know, but the quality, according to, I mean, I'm, I think the Michelin critics can be influenced so, by things other than the food, but they try very hard. So, okay, what about that? What if the sous chef, all right, knew how important the star was to him and started, but he wanted to take over the restaurant. He didn't know how. So, so he, he started the rumor. Up? He started the rumor. So he wanted to get the guy to kill himself? Yeah, he started the rumor that this place might lose a star so he can move up a rank. Well, that's fucked up. What if that happened, Max? I don't think that. I happens. think we should look into that. <laughs> Regardless, they they asked the um, they asked the wife about what it was like at that period, and she's like, she's like, oh, people people said that there were they she uses this French expression. She means means there's there's not the fire in the sauce. And the guy interviewing her was like, well, did the did the chef, the dude who killed himself, did he believe them? And he's like, oh, he believed whatever anyone said about him. I'm, this is me. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that that was the part I related to, where it's like, if if someone says it's bad or it doesn't go well, if it, I'm never gonna be like, I'm never gonna, I'm always gonna be like, yeah, you're right, it's my fault. Yeah, that's I why I fucked we, up. That's why I feel like when I don't get booked, it's like, oh well, I must be shitty. <laughs> that's what it feels like. I should yeah. probably just kill myself. Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel about it. It was crazy. One of that guy's. Another weird part of the story is one of that guy's like disciples started a restaurant in London, mm-hmm. and he only got two stars, but he also had, he lost an arm in the first year of starting his restaurant. Oh man, that arm cost him his third star. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, he maintained it after he lost. Like, he got two stars, lost his arm, maintained the two stars. Now wow. he's hoping to get three. But it was, it's really weird. It's really weird to see him in the kitchen. He's got a fake arm, but then he's just, like, moving just his oh. left hand around, like, swirling around sauce on oh, plates and man. shit. It was real fucked up. That's crazy. Oh. Well, I think the solution there is, well, we should probably explore suicide. <laughs> <laughs> three stars, Max. You can't deny three stars. <laughs> Damn. Do you still think about it that way? If you're not getting recognition, you're just fucked? What do you mean? In stand-up? Yeah. I mean, no, I think I just don't care. So you've, you're post-caring about that? A little. How'd you get there? By getting everything in town? A little, and, and just being like, I don't know. Do you, but that doesn't drive didn't you. make an effort to do that. It just, like, it stopped mattering to me. Like, I started, I found myself, I over the past, like, few years, I'll just pick one thing to get invested in other than stand-up that mm-hmm. isn't competitive, and I'll just do that for a bit. Well, because I ask because most everyone I know who's, like, conquered the scene or, like, whatever definition that is, they've done everything there is to do here. Yeah. It's not that they stopped caring about respect. They just realized none of it is to be had here anymore. And that's when they move. So, sure. like, people, but they want to go to New York. Like, when Sheen, as soon as Sheen decided he's moving, he's like, I don't give a fuck about Chicago anymore. Like, I couldn't care less about any of these shows ever again. <clears throat> because he's like, I'm already mentally preparing to climb that ladder out there. Right. But you're not trying to do that. Well, you're not drawn to the idea of like, well, I got to go earn respect in another place. Examine logically what you just said, though. Oh, I understand the fault of like how stupid it is to do that. You're chasing a dragon that you're never going to catch. I get that. If you can Mm -hmm. become detached from the achievement in Chicago, logically, you can do that in New York. But more importantly, none of it ever actually mattered to you. It was the recognition of it. It it wasn't even that. It was that the feeling of the feeling of not having things. You think that if you can achieve whatever, it'll fill a void. Yeah, it, you doesn't. think that if you get whatever carrot, that if you get if you start doing Laugh Factory three times a week, or you get you get a, a Comedy Central half hour, you get an HBO special, you think that if you get one of those things, it will be better. You will feel better, and I it just yeah. feels it feels like patently obvious to me that you will not feel better that the issue is not that that you are just using that climb the same way someone uses heroin and and i think i just believe that to my core and that that makes the that makes the pursuit seem not just unappealing i mean it makes it it makes I'm not going to phrase it that way. That it makes the pursuit seem futile. It makes the pursuit seem like a waste of time. And it makes the pursuit seem like something that only contributes to unhappiness. And I that's mean, why that's why people will say, like, like, oh, you're so into food now. you got to do something with food. Like, I, I like talking to you about food. But and you it's don't like, want to. I think it's the same thing. I think yeah. it would be the same, the same um, <laughs> bad move, you know? Well, is that why only fucked up people tend to do shit like this? Yeah, I think so. Because normal, well-adjusted people, you don't see them pursuing stuff like this at all. No. They just have a job, then they're content with their life. I mean, maybe, maybe not, but I don't—I think that it takes, like, a certain type of insecurity to feel like, like, man, I've always felt like shit for whatever reason, but if I can just become good at this, then then I won't be shit. Then no one—then people won't think I'm a piece of shit, and it's like— 
What about the people who think it's genuinely cool what they're doing, which I think are very few, which maybe those are the best. But like I'm thinking a comedian where Orny is complaining, like, maybe I should have just gone to law school. Like, my friends did something different with their life. What did I do? Yeah. And Seinfeld's like, well, what are you talking about? Fuck, this isn't about success. This is about you get to go on stage and make people laugh. This is special, what we're doing. Yeah, it's easy to say that if you're It's Seinfeld. very easy to say that from his position. No question. But do, there's got to be some people Find who look at it that way. Find me an unsuccessful guy. Who looks at it that way? Yeah. What about, okay, the guy I always think of is Stuart Huff. Sure. And it's not that he's unsuccessful, but he's certainly not a name. Yeah. And he's not, certainly not rich. But he's content. I mean, yeah, he does shows for... I saw him at, Last time I saw him was at At North like a year ago, and it was for like 15, 20 people. It was an At North show, and he knew most of the crowd because he makes friends where he goes, and they came to see him. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, oh, I'm playing for a packed room that has never heard me seen me do stand-up before, so they're going to... I can have a genuine first-time impression with them. Mm-hmm. It's... But he liked doing it. He liked being there. We hung out for a while. Like, he likes this life. And when I talked to him about it, he's like, yeah, the clubs are dying, especially the small clubs outside of the cities. They're dying. And he's like, well, when they go, I might just call it quits and be like, I I did what I wanted. And I'm like, why don't you move to a city? Like, if you moved to Chicago, you would be a thing here. Mm-hmm. Like, you would be one of the top guys. Everyone would like you a lot. Even if you did the road, you would have a home base where you could always get up. And he just didn't seem interested in it. He just liked being a dad. He liked living where he lived. He liked living in the South. And he just liked doing stand-up the way he does it. He's not going to change what he does. He's not going to be more punchy. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I do think that that is a <clears throat> extreme anomaly. Sure. But I think... Like, that's not common. There's, but I don't know of anyone else like that, and I also don't don't really know his particular. It made me case. think like it makes me think like do the best guys, do the best comics, like do they have some of that in them? Are they all driven to be that the best? And I need to be told I'm the best over and over again because Stewart doesn't have that at all, even a little. Hmm. But I would assume like Burr or Louis before his fall or. Uh, Chappelle or Chris Rock or any of those guys, anyone, it doesn't matter. Like, how much of that is them just being romantic about the craft, and how much of that is them pursuing the the dragon that they're never going to chase? I don't know. Sorry, maybe I shouldn't have talked about that. What? Why? I don't know. Because it felt like, oh well, I should probably conclude on a point. No, I just I I I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I'm not sure what I just, my response is. Because I always romanticize, like, oh, I could be one of those guys, but I'm not one of those guys. I don't think. I think it's pretty conclusive. I'm not. <laughs> I don't know how to be. <clears throat> if I was content with who I was as a person, I probably would never have started stand up. Right. I think that's. I yeah. think that's the whole. I think that's the whole. Um. What do you call it? Delusion. That's the whole. That's the game for any sort of creative pursuit. Where you're doing it at a competitive high level, mm-hmm. that's what, it's like that thing I was telling you about the the chef from Oriole who's like, he's like a lot of chefs talk about how they don't care about Michelin stars, but the reality is they're all full of shit. Every single chef that's like half good wants three Michelin stars, every single one. Yeah, I believe that. Um, well, maybe guys like Huff are just the anomaly. Maybe they're just like the weird outlier. They're like, well, okay, that's gonna happen, but. Yeah, I mean, I think some people just, like, get into a rhythm, you know? Like, I make my bed every morning. I've done that for years. And sometimes and it's not, like, 
it's not a hassle for me. I just do it. I do it automatically. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just how he is with stand-up, where it's like, this is, like, what I do. I'm just, like, one of those guys that, like, I don't know. Well, like, what about Attell? Attell seems, strikes me as a guy who's just, like, constantly thinking with jokes. But I don't know if that's because... I mean, I think Attell is incredibly insecure. You think he's all about, I need my reputation to be phenomenal? Yeah. I can see that. I've heard that he calls up... Other comics and run jokes by them. Yeah, yeah, to make sure that he didn't steal them. Is that why he does it? I've heard that he'll call... Like, if you feature for a tell... Like, he'll, he'll do this to, like, guys from Chicago. Uh-huh. He'll he'll just randomly, sometimes he'll call you up and be like... Did I steal this from you? Yeah. Just, like, stuff like that. I think that he thinks he's bad. Um... You think so? You think David Tell thinks he's bad? Yes. That's absurd. It's true, though. <clears throat> I, no, I don't think he is, like... I don't think he's a good per- He's a good person in the way Stuart Huff is for making the point of it. It's like, maybe there's people who just love the craft. Well, because in my head, I was thinking the same thing that he calls other comics with jokes. I didn't know it was for uh, not knowing if he was stealing them. I thought it was like, is this funny? And in my head, even though I think it's wrong now that I say it out loud... Uh, Oh, that means he's just passionate about jokes. But, like, that's not what it means. It means he's insecure about jokes. I think he's... I mean, I know, just based on what I've heard from interviews, that he's incredibly insecure. So... I'm sure Louis is, too. Like, I don't know. Louis is... I I feel weird even mentioning Louis' name. It's strange. I feel weird when I see pictures of him. Well, Tim did that uh, promoted. Yeah, I thought that that was was, so funny. That was real funny. (laughs) Tim McLaughlin, comedian. Who was on the uh, last comedy butcher that got canceled. (laughs) For his, like, monthly, every show he was doing that, he made a promo post that just listed all the shows, and the backdrop was was just a picture picture of Louie. (laughs) It was really funny. He didn't explain it. And only he could really get away with that. Like, if I did that, people would be like, what? He he or McMahon could do it. It somehow makes more sense with Tim. I guess. I don't know why. But yeah, it's weird. Like, cause I wanted to use Louis as an example a couple of times of like a great comic. I'm like, I probably shouldn't even fucking mention his name. <sighs> I wonder if he's gonna come back. I don't. I. I. I've always. I mean, since this happened, my stance is be. I don't see this because I. I just put myself. I. Uh, of course, I can't do it fully. But when I imagine what it would be like to I. To actually experience that fall, like if you really think. Like, sometimes I'll, like, the other day I got into a fight with someone at work, and I dwelled on it for days. Like, yeah. I, like I would, it, I would, it, like, depressed me. Mm-hmm. And it was a small little fight, just with one guy. Uh, but I was, like, I was really bummed out about it. That, the magnitude of that, compared to the Louis sure. thing, is un, it's, it's, infinitely it's incomprehensible it's it's totally incomprehensible it's not even comparable i think that the degree i bet that he got to such lows and probably such sustained lows in a way that i can't even fathom and i think that those i am would imagine that those lows especially in the in the type of person who has the makeup that could propel them to that level of like quality and stand-up mm-hmm. like that kind of fucked up psyche yeah to experience and not that what he did wasn't no it was deserved. wrong of it course. was wrong yeah. yeah but like the amount of like emotional pain he felt from it 
I think that that's the type of thing that could prevent you from ever going out again for the rest of your life. You mean going out com- comedically or just going out of your house? I could see house. Yeah. <laughs> but definite to me, it's a definite yeah. comedic thing. Yeah, that'd be hard. But if I if, if someone told me 10 years from now that like, yeah, Louis C.K. barely even likes to go to the grocery store, I'd be like, I that sucks, that. but I can totally see it. Yeah. Well, how does that compare to someone like uh, Martin Morrow? <laughs> in what sense? Well, because he like he just did a like an LA comedy fest, making a one man show about his problems. Really? Like focused around that. I think I told you about that. Brian Morton told me about it at Laugh Factory a couple months ago. About how he his like he sexual sh- he, shit. He, he showed me like the promo for the show, and it's about his addictions and getting help. <laughs> I think Martin Morrow is nuts. Of course, but we all are. So if he can do it, why can't like a really like an actually funny comedian like Louis do it? Because I think Martin is a sociopath. Fair enough. Like I think he's like like he's crazy enough to do it. Yeah, I think he's a wide-eyed, not fully there lunatic. Whereas I think Louis C.K. is like a damaged, reasonable person. Fair enough. <laughs> it makes me sadder in a way. Like, th- think about just when you were near Martin Morrow. Yeah. He has a crazed thing about him. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like manic or he's just, he felt like kind of psychopathic. Mm-hmm. Like, just the just the bizarre, Martin like mm-hmm. loved me. Like, he thought I was funnier than I was mm-hmm. or, or am. But I remember he would like, and I never really knew him. And he didn't even really see me go up. Ever, I think he just like got in the his head that I sure. was funny, and like he would come up to me and be like, "Dude, need to tell you, I think you're funny as fuck." Then he just walk away, and it would be like so intense, and it would kind of be like alarming. It was flattering for sure. sure. Well, you 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 always want to hear that, even if from even if Cal Paris came up to you and told you how amazing you were, you would still like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no source from which you would not accept uh, accolades. Yeah, that's the way it works. Some people, I don't know. It's weird from people like in like Gasper's class. Why? Just because it's like, I don't know. Just I just don't need it. I remember <laughs> the other. T- you're just, you're above their action. You're above it just their make, compliments. It makes me uncomfortable. Because it's like you're kind of my friends, but you're also like I'm a few classes above you. Sure. And it's like, like when I'm with Terrence or something, we're not just like sitting around being like you're funny, you're funny. It's like yeah, because we all just kind of feel like everyone's Whatever. funny. Sure. Every fucking person is funny. You think so? No, but an overwhelming amount are. I am I am overwhelmed by the amount of people that are funny. That are capable of doing it? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I don't think I, I like I think I am funny. I think I'm like good at stand up, but I don't think I'm at all notable. I don't think it's at all worth mentioning. You know? I think I'm of a level similar to a huge number of people. Sure, I feel like we're at that place where if you were to look at it as like four or five really big steps, we're on like the first or second one. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. You're maybe higher than that. I don't know. I I, I really don't know a lot of the time. There are times I feel like where, where the reaction I get is like really good. It's so like maybe I am, and there are other times where no one's responding to my booking request. I'm like, well, maybe I'm fucking shit. Yeah, but the way your sets go <clears throat> are above that. I guess. I don't know. Um, like, I wouldn't want to follow you. Have we done a show together? 
besides that comedy Jew butcher? show. Yeah, I, well, I was. I think this is odd, but I think that like like remember that one time you got you were asked to do tuxedo cat and then they passed i couldn't do it because comedy butcher yes <laughs> and i couldn't do it because of comedy butcher but it was yeah. like we for some reason we feel that same void yeah and i just i don't think we at all feel no we're the just same. Both, we're just both jews yeah and <laughs> we're buds i guess or we're yeah. probably now associated together but... yeah when i saw i ran to laura hug on monday she's like you still hanging out with max <laughs> <laughs> that's cute <laughs> um has she done comedy butcher uh no I brought her name up before, but that was a while ago. Yeah. She's someone who could definitely do half an hour, but... Yeah. Yeah. I would not want to do half an hour. Have you ever, sure you, was... To, ha, you, I've done you've it. You've done half an hour. I've done it, but I wouldn't like... I can do 20 pretty easy, but... What was she saying? She will... I because of like a scheduling fuck up on Shira's part, I had to give up a spot where I was gonna do twenty. Oh, on Purim? for the Purim show. It was sure. one of the reasons I was upset that day. What show uh, were you gonna do? The Hamburger Marys. Oh, okay. But I've heard it's fun. I whatever. Sure. It doesn't matter. But uh, but Shira felt real bad, and she's like, "I'm running the show at Laugh Factory, and the headliner does a half hour, um, so I'll definitely book you for that." And I was kind of like, "You don't, you don't need to do that." Shira runs a show at Laugh Factory. Yeah, it's what? actually today is the first day they're doing it. What show? It's called Verified Laughs. What is it? What is it? It's um, it's like Sheer and four new comics. They run it, and it's a comedy competition where like it kind of works as like a like an episode of Chopped for stand up. So, so they it's like give you something audience... to talk about? No, 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 no. Well, not it's not Chopped in that. It's uh, what it is is it's like they'll do like four shows in a row. Right or no? So okay. So the there's one headliner, but then the four comics that are booked are getting voted on by the audience about who pro- progresses, so who moves forward. Okay. And then once they do four rounds of that, then the next show will be the four last winners. Got it. So it's a competition show. Yeah. Okay. Like a tournament, I guess. Yeah, I got it. And they, I think they primarily book newer comics, and I would have much rather have been the one of the people doing the 10 minute spots in the half hour because i feel good about my 10 minutes i do not feel good about my half hour yeah but i think that's pretty common yeah i mean but like the the person who's headlining the first show is to me and it's like i don't want to be doing the same sp- to, i mean to me i mean I, it's flattering but like you're like am i really there uh, no i mean i mean so, I, I i've featured for to me a lot mm-hmm. weirdly and um i feel like i could keep up but i don't know if i belong i don't know what do you feel about uh, people running like all those shows at Laugh Factory that aren't booked by Laugh Factory? Um, like it's weird. I don't know why I feel weird about it, but I feel like anyone can have a show. <laughs> yeah, like we could move Comedy Butcher to Laugh Factory. Probably could. Uh, there'd be no reason. I don't. I mean, there is a reason in that you get a crowd, but it's like I don't know. I don't have much. I don't have much of a. It doesn't rub you one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I don't. A lot of people feel the way you do, and I don't really I don't, ha- I don't, have a rationale for it. I don't dislike it. It just it feels weird. It's it is strange because I think the reason it feels weird is because Laugh Factory is simultaneously like, the best time in the city. Yeah, the weekend spots are the best time, and it they just will let. People that I that are so new, I haven't even heard of them. Yeah, run shows there. Well, I think it's because it's like it's supposed to be some semblance of an authority figure of the scene. 
It's yeah. theoretically. That's why it feels weird. And so when it's like, well, you're just tearing down all the walls of authority, like for what? I don't understand what's happening. And I understand it completely. Like they're a business. They're like if you can, if you think you can get people here, we'll fucking give you a spot. Yeah, I've heard that the Young Hustle show is the most popular show at Laugh Factory. That's crazy. I <laughs> know. It's it, the things that it's done to like Clay are just insane. Well, I mean, uh, that guy was going to experience shit like that anyway. What do you mean? The delusions of grandeur, no matter what he was doing. God, he he was telling me, he was telling me that he had a conversation with McLaughlin, and McLaughlin's like, I don't like that you get booked. And Clay's response to that that he told me was like, he's like, listen, I don't want to do more than ten next to Tim, but if we both do ten, mm -hmm. I think I'm better than him. And I was just like, what? Are you kidding me? I mean, I've seen Tim tank. Me too, for sure. But like. But Tim crushes. Yeah, Tim can murder on a level that m most comics in the city can't. God. And, it, and Jesus Christ. It was just like one of those things where it's like, Clay, how much better do you think you are than me? Yeah. Because Tim's definitely better than me. Uh, and mean, That's just insanity. I know. <laughs> it was like, Clay, I, I, I've, I've heard that you've had okay sets. I have mm -hmm. never seen it, and I've seen you a lot. I didn't tell. I couldn't be that... I, d I did give him, like, I was like, Clay, come on, dude. Like, How much do you think successful guys have that kind of mentality? Versus the... I don't think they have that. Versus the I do it because I love it, which is probably exceedingly rare, or the I'm really great and everyone should love me because I'm I don't. Great. I think that successful guys have something that is not either of those. Which is what? Just work it's ethic? That, or? I think it's that, like, I, like I was talking to Drago the other day, mm -hmm. and, um, <clears throat> and Drago's like... He had, he was at Colleen. He was about to go to Laugh Factory to a weekend spot, mm -hmm. and I was like, "That's cool, man." And he's like, "Dude, I'm just so stressed out. Like, why are you stressed out?" And he's like, "I just don't think I'm funny enough. Like, I just don't think uh, I just want to be funnier, and I don't know how. And I work so hard, and I don't feel like it's really making me funnier. It's just I kind of am where I am, and I just keep writing jokes, and I don't know what to do. And I think that's the mentality that. Yeah, I feel. I that, think that's I feel what, that way a lot. Yeah, I think that's how like Josh Johnson was. I think that's how like good cooks are. I think it's like just this feeling of like not being good enough. This like pathological sense of not being good enough and you got to do like that's the thing that'll really that that will continuously propel you to to grind at beyond um at a level that is hurts that isn't fun. That isn't enjoyable or pleasurable or takes all of it away. It's like I mm -hmm. think that 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 like that incredible feeling of not being good enough is what makes people be better than others. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, so I don't. I I de and Clay doesn't have that at all because he Clay, thinks he already is better. Yeah, Clay yeah. and people who think they are already there, they. they totally preclude the possibility of that urge to work really hard like mm -hmm. beyond human levels of work hard because drago works in incredibly he works hard incredibly hard like it i've I, it just and part of it i think comes from being basketball like, yeah and he wasn't just a like drago's build isn't that good for basketball he's just tall He's just tall, but he's kind of got a weird figure. It was just Drago was the guy that um, wanted it more. He just he just spent all day practicing. Mm -hmm. That's that was his whole life. Is that he just kept on like I think Drago was like a 
uh, three-pointer guy. Okay. Because he just he was like a Larry Bird type where he just did that all day and just kept doing it <laughs> and was probably frustrated. He's like, I'm not good enough at this. So, he, But he just kept doing it. Sure. Um, and then he just, as soon as like... There are he, lots of times I envy that. Oh, it's incredibly enviable. But yeah. I wonder, what I'm always curious about with Drago is I'm, I want to know what his parents were like. He never talks about it. It'd be fun. We should have him on sometime and just like talk at, about his parents. Yeah, because I've never I like because I I talk about my parents all the time. I have no I all all I know about Drago's parents is that they pushed him really hard and that his dad was a police officer. <laughs> and that sounds about right. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's some weird fucked up stuff there that you can't just of course that he doesn't like to talk about. Yes, <laughs> but I would love to know it. How much do you envy his parents? <clears throat> envy them? Envy him having those parents. Not at all. Well, there are times where I'm like, man, I wish my parents like made me give a shit about stuff. That's like when someone, like, that Sean White used to complain about, or no, Noah Rockland had a joke about this where, because Noah had success, some of Noah's first successful jokes were about how his mom had died. Yeah. And people would come up to him and be like, man, I Good wish my mom had dead. died. Yeah. And then he had a joke where it's like, no, I'd prefer I just had bad jokes. You know? <laughs> I don't know. I'll take my dead mom. <laughs> <laughs> you have like one joke about it. <laughs> I think we got to wrap up. All right. We're all wrapped up. <laughs> Wait, are we? We're not going to say anything else. <laughs> okay 